From the Black Swan Media Studios, deep inside a secret underground bunker, we're speaking to freedom-loving patriots from all around the country and the world. Welcome to the Resistance. This is John Crump, live. And how are you, everyone out there doing? My name is John Crump, and I'm sure you guys know that today we have a special guest, someone I've been communicating with a lot about a really effed up situation. But before we get into that, I just want to bring on Flying Rich. How are you doing, Flying Rich? Crumpy, how's it going, man? Uh, not bad, not bad. Uh, we have a new sponsor, but we have we're not going to announce it quite yet. Are they going to give me free ammo? No, and I wrote a giant expose. As you read the rough draft, which it's now even longer. <laughs> it's more than ten words. I can't read it. You know me. I'm reading disabled. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before we get uh bring on Adam, should I? Make a video addressing the controversy from last January when I was accused of putting out fake news since it turns out it wasn't so fake. That's up to you. Well, it's not that thing I'm going to do it because I'm despiteful. All all I know is every time you've ever been accused of fake news, those people have been proven wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's about to happen again. I think I will do it. Or let someone else do it. I don't really care. Well, let's go ahead and bring on our guest for today. Um, He's going to be talking about this effed up situation that I've been following. And I actually did a video on my news channel about. um, And this is Adam. Adam, how are you doing? Hey, John. Thanks for having me. I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, Not bad. Not bad at at all. I'm just going to adjust your mic sitting here, turn you up a little bit. All right. You should be better. Uh, Yeah. So let's just jump right into it. There is a situation with a Navy sailor sailor, who was set up by a CI, and it was pretty despicable the way it went down. Um, Just reading the court documents. Um, Let me hand it over to you and let you take it from there. Um, So on April 7th of last year, almost a year ago, uh, next month, Patrick Adamiak, who is referred to as Tate, uh, active duty Navy sailor, he uh, had a gun parts business, was registered with the state of Virginia, uh, had an LLC and everything. He sold unregulated parts. Um, he's had that business for roughly five or six years now. Uh, and he sold a lot of stuff through a website that he had, blackdogarsenal.com. He also sold things on gunbroker.com. At one point in time, a CI who was a convicted felon himself and ended up getting in trouble again. So he was started working for the ATF in order to get out of trouble. He made contact with Tate through uh, email on Gunbroker. Uh, he started talking to Tate. I guess they exchanged words for a couple months. And then next thing Tate knows, he, the CI, told him that there was a guy that he met at uh, Knob Creek Gun Show, and he was interested in these demilled PPSH part kits. Uh, so the CI uh, put Tate into contact with this gentleman. Well, this gentleman d- ended up being an undercover ATF agent. So the ATF agent started corresponding with Tate. Uh, he was talking about, hey, I make movies. I'm looking to make some props for my movies. And all this is in, you know, the email chain where they're going back and forth about these movie props. Uh, he said he was looking for these demilled parts kits. Well, Tate was like, well, you can just go on gunbroker.com and you can buy yourself a demilled part kit. Basically, long story short, the, you know, the undercover agent uh, said he didn't have time to do this. So he basically wanted Tate to do the homework to go on to gunbroker, get these parts and then just send them to him. So Tate went on Gunbroker. He bought a demilled parts kit off a of Gunbroker from an FFL, had it sent to his front door. Tate slapped his business logo sticker on it and shipped it right back out. Um, they did that two or three times. 
And then the next thing, no, the next thing Tate knows, it's seven o'clock in the morning. He's on his way to work. His girlfriend had just got up and was making her morning breakfast. Uh, Tate was actually at the post office in his full uniform, and he got swarmed by a bunch of ATF agents and minivans, and they held him down at gunpoint and they arrested him and they took him back to his house, and that was the start of the big raid they had. Um, so. I think it lasted like three or four hours. Uh, the street was lined. Tate lives in a, his house is in a very elderly neighborhood. It's, it was lined on both sides of the street with, you know, Virginia Beach Police Department, uh, ATF vehicles, FBI, EOD, NCIS, EOD from um, the base itself. And there was probably 40 to 50 agents that were just going in and out of his house. Um, so once they got in there, they started confiscating a bunch of things, uh, stuff that was legally owned items, stuff that he had, you know, tax stamps for stuff that was registered, stuff that didn't even pertain to anything, you know, that was, um, even questionable in regards to their warrant. Um, like I was explaining a little bit earlier, they even seized they seized a little piece of silver that had Santa Claus's face on it, and it said "Merry Christmas." And they said that was proceeds of uh, criminal activity. Um, so they, they just literally took all sorts of stuff. Uh, not only did they raid that house, he owns a rental house, which is his first house um, that was right down the road as well, where, where, he, where he has actual tenants that live there. Uh, they raided that house as well, um, and then you know they had all these news articles and the news blew everything out of proportion. He, they basically made him look like he was some domestic terrorist. Um, Tate merchant never of death. Say again? The merchant of death. Yeah. Um, the lady he actually bought the house from, his very first house, even got on there and said a bunch of things. Um, later, you know, after Tate was released and everything, we all, he ended up talking to her and like told her the story and they completely understood. And they're like, Oh my God, we're so sorry. I'm so sorry that I even, you know, went on there and, and said those things. Um, but yeah, it was just crazy about how the news just blew everything out of proportion. And, you know, some of the stuff, you know, most of the stuff that they said wasn't even true or even remotely true. Um, Tate's never even had a speeding ticket or a parking ticket. He, he, up until this point, he has a zero criminal record. Um, he's been in the Navy for roughly 10 years. Um, he's been advanced well above his pay grade. Um, he's never had any type of reprimand in the Navy either. Um, and here we are. Yeah, he was a model model soldier model soldier. So he was a model sailor. So he was basically just a middleman um yes. to to this. And when you buy something on gunbroker, it it's you would assume that it's legal because it's being sold out in the open and everything else and there was a paper trail and if you wanted to buy something illicit or contraband of some type you would buy it on, on a, buy it on the black market or something not in the open clear market where there's a paper trail yeah that's exactly and it, it's, it's crazy because Tate never tried to buy this purchase at all he actually again slapped his business logo on the front of the box he paid for it with a business check that has his home address on it and in the memo of the check it said uh, PPSH park kit. And that's how he paid for it. So never once did he try and hide anything. Um, and never once did he even think anybody had an issue with anything that he was doing. Uh, there, you know, there's stories out there of you know, people coming and knocking on your door and saying, Hey, uh, we don't like what you're doing and give us this stuff. Tate was never afforded that opportunity at all. If they would have, you know, came to his house and said, Hey, like you're doing this and we don't like that. He would have complied because he has no reason not to comply. Um, he's just that type of person. So it's just, it blows me away that he was never even given that type of a chance at all. Yeah. It, yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, uh, well, one we, we actually had a viewer, uh, like they went to a gun show and they bought three guns or something and the ATF came knocking on their door and they actually recorded video. They told the ATF like, Hey, go leave. 
Yeah, but they I mean they they didn't give Tate a chance to do any of that. Uh, right, right. One question that a lot of people probably have out there, and I definitely do: What happened to the guy that sold him the the D-Mill parts kit? Um, as far as I know, absolutely nothing. Um, so that come- that seems to be a bigger problem. If you're an FFL and you're selling something that's a machine gun, all right. So and that's the thing: if you're if you're an FFL dealer and you have a license, you are technically the subject matter expert and you are supposed to know the difference um, or, or where that line is that, you know, the law yes. has per se. But yeah, so they confiscated all those emails and they had all the documentation of him going back and forth with the FFF or excuse me, FFL dealer. We brought it up to his lawyers and nobody ever even batted an eye at it. So, yeah, we were, that was one of the biggest things we were just, like, blown away with is, you know, not that he was trying to get anybody in trouble, but he was, like, trying to explain, like, right. I didn't know. So that's the issue. Like, I didn't know there was anything wrong with that stuff. So. Yeah, here's another thing. Uh, I, I've been doing a lot of research into this case, and one of the things that seems that, that seems lost in it, he wasn't buying – kits that didn't have any cuts in it the atf said they had cuts in them they were they were cut in multiple parts but they were cut the wrong way correct so he didn't he got in he got in trouble for um, a combination of parts or constructive possession or readily restorable those were the three terms that were just blown all through the through the court um and not not once could we even even to the whole readily restorable thing you know, readily restorable to me is different than readily restorable to you guys or to my neighbor down the street or to a gunsmith or to a welder or to a banker. Everybody's definition to, of readily restorable is different. And, you know, we asked that question to all these experts and nobody could give an exact definition to what readily restorable was. It's like, that's the definition in, you know, the rule book, but nobody can actually say, you know, well, this is the line items that meet it. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that I think is a, a big issue with not only this, but with the ETF as a whole is they use these really ambiguous terms that they can change on a dime. And all of a sudden, like yesterday, something was a okay braces, uh, precursor parts, and now they're not just with the just with the flip of a switch or if you want to go back to the braces the shouldering or not shouldering of braces they make stuff ambiguous and i think they do that on purpose and i think Tate's case is a huge example of what of them doing that so john the rule uh, what I saw on on the media, you know, news media, was there was one cut through the frame. Now, wasn't that the way it was done? They, the ATF required a cut at one time. It was a cut, then they changed it to three cuts. But but who knows what they're gonna do? Then it was three diagonal cuts. It, they they can change it, and it's it's so malleable that it is almost impossible to know what, what they're, they're going to want next week. And plus, the whole thing about buying on Gunbroker, and I think Gunbroker is becoming a huge honeypot for things like this. And it and the weird thing is, it doesn't seem like the sellers ever get in trouble. It's only the buyers, which kind of makes you wonder. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but that just makes me wonder, you know, why, why these buyers, whether it's uh, the guy that sold the D-Mill kits to Tate or it's a rifle remedy with the FRT-15s and the solvent traps, it, the seller always it seems to get away with it. Maybe the ATF just lets them do it because they need to find people's doors to kick down and prosecute to justify their overinflated budgets. Sorry, I get kind of fired up. <laughs> I talk about injustices oh, yeah. like this. We're all fired up. Yeah, and that, that was a, that just kind of sparked my memory of like the trial. We even asked the lead ATF agent if he knew about these things being sold on gun broker. Um, and I say we, but taste lawyers. Uh, and his response was, well, I don't know. 
And the response to that was, well, you're the ATF. How do you not know if they're being sold and not sold on, you know, gunbroker.com? And then another thing to, you know, kind of backtrack a little bit, what we did try to ask them is we, we everybody knows that originally at some point in time, it was one and then three and then whatever it is now. Um, and we, we requested that information from the government and the ATF and they couldn't produce it and they wouldn't produce it. So, yeah, Here, here's another thing. We were looking when this all happened, I was looking at least. I, and I sent it to Rich and a couple other person, people, but I found a D-Mill Glock 18 where, oh, where where the whole slide was intact, and the frame was cut in three pieces. Do you know what the Do you know what the funny thing about that is? No. The whole thing that makes it a machine gun, a Glock 18 is a machine gun, is in the slide. The slide. So you can cut the frame in three pieces, or. It doesn't really matter because you can take that slide and stick it on a Glock 19 and you have and have a machine gun because the frame is no different. So, and that was right on Gunbroker for sale, just like that. So, people look at Gunbroker and there's all these really strange things on Gunbroker. So, people really, really need to be careful. But... so. Go ahead, Rich. John, the, the one cut, two cut, diagonal cut, torch cut, bandsaw cut. Yeah. Originally with bands, it could be any cut, then it was torch cut, and then now are these laws or are these ATF rules and interpretations? They're guidances. So in other words, like the the uh wait, what what are the I'm, I'm like so pissed off I can't even think straight. So the uh, GCA and NFA doesn't specify how to demill something. No, no, it's all guidances from the ATF. So, you know, Susie Homemaker, I shouldn't even say that, that's derogatory, but uh, Safety Sally at the ATF could, you know, get on the typewriter and type a new guidance out and boom, that's law. Correct. Yeah. I want you also... Go ahead. This is a rogue agency. This is... Yeah, it it is a rogue agency. law. And now, let's just say I had, what was it, a PPSH receiver from 1970, and it was sawed in half with a, a... January 1st, 1970, was sawed in half with a bandsaw. Which was okay at the time, if it's sell. Which now, was okay at the time. I, I don't know, and I don't think anyone really knows. Um, here's another thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, Adam. Let's talk about the RPG. Okay. So, they uh, Tate had a RPG-7, I believe it was, uh, that he bought for $40 at a flea market in California when he was stationed there. On the side of it, in red letters, it said inert training aid, and it was stamped on there officially. It wasn't just scribed in there with, you know, the tip of a nail or anything. It was de- it was 100% stamped inert training aid, 100% professionally. Um, there was a hole drilled in the tube, and there was no trigger mechanism, and there was a bar in it. So the ATF confiscated that. They took that back to their lab in West Virginia. They patched the hole. They um, they their own trigger mechanism in it. So Tate didn't even have a trigger mechanism, but they had theirs. They put theirs in it. They sleeved it and shot a 7.62 round out of it. And then an open court told the jury that he had anti-tank missile capabilities. Yeah, it, it was like he was going to... I, I, what did they think he was going to do with the anti-tank? And he bought... The, yeah, and the thing is, it was... It was bought at like a flea market and everything else. And yeah, it was bought at a flea market and in California on a commercial flight with it. He had a little note in there saying, Hey, here's my phone number. This isn't real. It's a nerd. It's, it's a toy. Basically. Here's my number to call me. If you have any issues, made it all through security, got all the way to Virginia where he ended up being stationed at. And it's been hanging on his wall in his man cave ever since. Right. Right. That's Thanks a wall hanger. That's a, uh... So they they got him like the hole wasn't big enough like there there's a spec it should be 
Yeah, they said the hole wasn't big enough, which in the end, you know, regardless, Tate thought it was never real at all. So he thought it was a toy 100%, especially when you only buy it for $40. But yeah, right. the hole wasn't big enough to their spec. And again, they hit him with the readily restorable portion of it because he could have put a trigger mechanism in it, which he didn't even have. And Take out a bar. Anti-tank missile out of it, which I'm not sure where you can even buy an anti-tank missile at, you know? Uh, gun broker. You got my gun yeah. The black market arms dealers. Yeah. According to the uh, prosecution here in Norfolk, uh, gunbroker.com is the black market. Yeah. It's like uh, the armory from the dark web. I don't know if you guys know what the dark web is. The Silk Road Armory. Yeah. Yeah. It was the Silk Road Armory. But yeah. I, Go ahead, Rich. I, I'm. I'm just so because if if these are the rules that they go after people with, I, I mean, they they might as well kick in everybody's door. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm like I have demilled augs here. I don't have a real aug. I don't have a working aug, but I have aug parts. Were they were full auto at some time? But the, they're depending on your definition of readily restorable and. That's, that's kind of something else that one of the uh, experts testified to is, uh, you know, he, he said that uh, if a toy machine gun, that which would be plastic that you'd buy in like a toy store, if it looked close enough to a machine gun and resembled a machine gun close enough, that it was technically a machine gun. Uh, he, he testified. So Hasbro that. and Mattel should be in jail. Yes. Everybody. Yes. Remember the little Intertech water guns that looked really, really real, and that's the reason. That's the reason why we got the uh, orange thing. Well, that that's probably that's probably would be a machine gun now. Yeah, because they looked real yeah, enough. You know, thing, they, they also have a few things that they took from his house um, that were parts. Uh, they brought that up in court too, and his lawyer asked to, you know, now it's been nine months. So it's, this started on April 7th. Court or his uh, jury trial ended on October 21st. Um, and they just showed all these pictures. They probably talked, it lasted four days. They probably talked about his actual charges for maybe 45 minutes. The rest of it was just all smoke and mirrors, showing all these pictures of all this, you know, military gear and all these parts that he has and saying, you know, that he's making all this stuff. Most of it was legal. All of it was legal. And it was legal stuff too. Yes, it was all legal stuff. Um, and then, you know, the lawyers would bring up, hey, well, you took that. What is, what are you defining that as? And, the, you know, these experts that have already defined these other things as being machine guns said that they haven't figured that out yet. So they took all this stuff and they only figured out five things of what they are out of all the things that they took in a nine month time span. Yeah. Uh, did he have any polymer eighties or anything? <laughs> if, did they say he had ghost guns? No. Yeah. I'm just, uh, thinking for that's so something that they're really, really after. Uh, one interesting thing is I haven't reported on this yet, but, um, it, I haven't been able to figure out how to craft it into a story that's long enough to report it for an article other than it's really freaking funny. What's that? Chat GPT. No, not chat GPT. Uh, yeah, I guess I can put it in there, but, uh, there was, uh, a case out in California where some guy got his door kicked in and, he got raided for gun parts. He got off because some of the parts they took. Uh, I think I showed this on the stream, didn't I, Rich? I, I'm not sure what the story is. Where they took the gun parts and the parts they took were not gun parts. They were parts of a stroller. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You did show that on the stream. They're, they're like brackets for a stroller. I mean... If you're like blind and groping around and, and like some smoke, you might think it's like a dong, you know, grip for uh, a vertical grip or something like that. Yeah. 
it was two pieces of a stroller. Thank you. Whoops, that was wrong button. Let me give myself a robot voice. A rose blade said, go ahead, read it, Rich. You can go online and buy full auto pellet and 30 cal air rifles. That's legal, but put an explosive behind the lead and it's illegal. Yeah, let me show you something really quick here, uh, Adam, that might give you a little bit of a chuckle. And for everyone watch, uh, listening and not watching, I'm, I'm showing them the part from there. This is what uh, th that comes from a friend of mine who got raided. He got off because he had these. So the ATF and their infinite wisdom said, oh, these are illegal machine gun parts. And he's like, what are you talking about? He, he owned a gun store and one of his employees got into some tr uh, trouble. Uh, and so they tried to tie him up in it. He got off because he wasn't involved. But when they came, they 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 found that. And he's like, like, what are you talking about? He's like, they're like, no, this is used for. There you go. <laughs> and, but something, it tied him up for a few months until they realized that they had stroller parts. I mean, up until this situation, I probably wouldn't have believed anything like that, but yeah, right? that's 100% believable. Well, it, it's like John went through, he wrote an article on ATF training. So to train an ATF agent, they have to tour a gun manufacturing facility. And then they get the title expert. Yeah, I know. I uh, that was one of our one of their experts. We read his bio, and I chuckled at that when myself and Tate both read the uh, his you know his expertise. And it was I toured like a couple a couple gun museums. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, it was definitely along those lines. It's like you go to the Air and Space Museum, you come out of there, and now you're an astronaut. Yeah, I'm an NASA. You're, you're an astrophysicist. You, you can go build rockets for NASA. I, I went on the tour at Hershey Park. I guess I'm a chocolatologist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so it, it doesn't make any sense. So uh, he was convicted. Um, and yeah, now, was this a jury trial? Yeah, it was a jury trial. It lasted four days we started on a tuesday ended on a friday yeah and, and i'm guessing john and i weren't on in the jury i mean it, it's not like there there were no no gun owners nobody that knew anything honestly, about to be 100 honest we thought the jury was a good mixture um there was this is a very big military area uh this is hampton mm -hmm. Roads, virginia there's you know the largest military installation in the world is here. Um, so you can't really throw a stone without hitting somebody who's in the military, who was in the military or related to somebody. Um, but we thought we, we had a good um, selection, but obviously that didn't turn out to be the truth. Yeah. One thing I always say, and I always tell Rich this, uh, no matter what you think is going to happen in a court case, anything can really happen. Anyone that tells you they know for sure um, I, I what's going to happen. The, oh, no. the thing is, I'm, I don't know how long it was that I owned firearms before I started understanding full auto and what these things meant and what these things were. But even if you're a cop, if you're, you know, a lot of these people have no clue. Like they'll know like a Glock 19 and that's it. They don't, They'll know how to take down an AR and or a Beretta, and that's it. That's all they know. Clean, lubricate, reassemble. They're not familiar with it. And honest, it, it's kind of tough to fully understand all of the laws regulating full auto or part. Well, well, I was talking to a cop, and this is, this is going to sound like a joke, but it's really not a joke. I was talking to a a uh like a, a metro a, a metro cop which is metropolitan pd uh dc cop basically and uh and we talk about guns because you know I, I had a gun shirt on he's like oh yeah you know 
Eve like, oh, yeah, we use Glocks. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you have a Glock 19. He's like, no, no, this is Glock 43. And I was like, rich in this potato can. And I was like, no, that I'm pretty sure this is a Glock 19. He's like, no, this is a Glock 43. I'm like, not a Glock 43, but I'm like, all right, whatever, <laughs> you know. But So that shows you how much they know about it. But the thing is, you can convince a jury of anything. I want to get back on the tape. I want to make this solely focused on tape so we can maybe raise some money for them. Thank you, Rose Blake, for the super sticker. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, for Tate, the th one of the things I want to know is what's the next steps now? Where, wh wh first, let's go. Where is Tate right now? Uh, well, on October 21st, when he was found guilty by the jury, the judge revoked his bond, which was um, unexpected, gave, right? Say again, it was unexpected, right? Yes, so we weren't aware, we thought he, we, he would at least have until sentencing, so nothing was in place. His house wasn't in order. We were 100% not prepared for it. So when the judge revoked his bond uh, right after sentencing, or not sentencing, but the uh, verdict reading, we were completely taken by surprise. The U.S. Marshals came in. Um, and, you know, this is kind of the part that plays over in my head over and over and over again is that last, like, five minutes. Um you know, we, we were out in the hallway and his lawyers were out there and uh, the jury were was done deliberating within, I think it was just right at two hours. Uh, and Tate's lawyer started pacing. So uh, I looked at his lawyer and I was kind of wondering why like his lawyer was pacing. And he turned and looked at us and he said, well, this is one of two things. Either you're not guilty on all accounts or you're guilty on all counts. So... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember out of the corner of my eye, somebody walking in and that, now I know it was a U.S. Marshal. So the U.S. Marshal walked into the courtroom and uh, I remember walking through the doors and I look over at the prosecutor, the assistant prosecutor and the lead ATF agent. And they were sitting at their table and they had this like they were slouching and they had this smirk on their face. Um, and that's when I kind of knew that it wasn't about to be in our favor. Um, Man. So, uh, the obviously they came back and he was guilty on all five counts. The person that I saw walk in, which was the U.S. Marshal, got up, put him in shackles. Uh, he asked if he could give his girlfriend a hug goodbye, and they said no. And they took him wow. to Western Tidewater Regional Jail, which is in Suffolk, Virginia. Um, that's where he's being held currently. Uh, he's still technically active duty. The you know, because he was such a superb sailor and, you know, had such an excellent career. His chain of command has been doing the, you know, the most they can for him. Obviously, they can only do so much. You can't, you know, be in the military and be in jail. So they let his leave run out. His leave ran out uh, around Christmas time. So shortly thereafter, they stopped his pay. So he currently doesn't have a paycheck. He doesn't have a job. And he is sitting in Western Tidewater Regional Jail in a pod with 27 other people. That, that are actually probably dangerous criminals. Yeah, he's in there with gangbangers and murderers and all sorts of drug dealers. He told me the other day that some, he walked into his bunk and somebody was snorting crack cocaine off his bed. So oh, Lord. There's there's currently another issue going on in there. Uh, you know, the, the way that they treat them is inhumane, and I've been trying to spread awareness about that as well uh, in our local community, you know, around... Um, because it's a privatized jail. And uh, from what the research I've done so far, it's actually owned by a few judges. Um, so that right there can kind of, oh. I think they made a movie about that situation, but yeah. So I'm currently trying to raise awareness about that situation yeah. just because, you know, not, not just for Tate, but for the other people that are in there, you know? Yeah, I am yeah. totally, totally. You guys, instead of giving me super chats, be sure to go to the Gibson Go and give to Tate. I am totally, totally against socialism in all forms. And I think the private private industry is one of the most powerful forces for good that there is. But there are some exceptions. And one of the exceptions is yeah. prisons and jails. You should not incentivize locking people up. Correct. 
Um, you can call me a socialist if you want, but I do not believe in private prisons and private jails. It's just inhumane. And people that buy into prisons and jails, I, I, I look down on those people. CNT Design says F the ETF because absolutely, 100%. Um, so what's the next step? Is there an appeal going on or? Yes. So we do have a few different grounds for an appeal. Um, we can't do anything for his appeal until March 31st. Excuse me. So we're, he's basically been sitting there rotting since October 21st and uh, March 31st will get his sentencing. We're looking at 22 to 25 years. So he's looking at more years than what people who go and shoot down cops or, you know, rape people or murder people. He's looking at more years for stuff that didn't even actually function. It, it just seems ridiculous and it's heartbreaking. It is. Um, for somebody who, you know, gave the life of the country, serving his country and he was just imprisoned by it. Um, and I don't, I don't say that as like a whole, because, you know, I, I believe like a lot of this situation, there's a lot of politics involved. And I believe that, you know, there was a lot of, you know, somebody trying to make themselves have a career. Um, and I think that's what made this situation blow up into such a big issue or whatever it is, is, you know, that, that lead ATF agent or the prosecutor, they, you know, they had a point to prove and, you know, unfortunately, somebody like Tate, it looks like people, you know, they're trying to make an example out of him for some reason. Um, and that's what makes it really sad. Yeah, yeah. He's a real bad guy. You should lock him up. I, th this is, this is, first off, I, uh, I understand metrics and you got a career and you're a prosecutor. It's like, I got this many convictions. I got a whatever conviction rate. You, you got to be able to step back and say, hey, wait a second. I'm putting somebody innocent in jail. I'm, you got to ruin their lives. Yeah, I'm ginning up charges against somebody. He's 28 and years old. Hey, look, the, the guy's been in jail way too long as it is. This, this is a BS charge. When, when I was reading the news story, it said he was uh, on $2,000 bond. And I'm like, oh, okay, so the judge thinks this is BS, you know. That, that was the way I read the story. That Yes, even that was wrong. So all those news articles are just completely like blown out. He was le released on his own recognizance. So we didn't even have to post any bail. Um, and that's kind of another reason why we were so blown away when the judge revoked his bail. You know, he's been here for nine, you know, out for the last, you know, since April. He abided by everything he was supposed to do. He, he talked to the, um, I don't, she was like a probation officer or something. Uh, he had to check in with her every week. He did everything he was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. um, and that's another reason we were just like blown away is he, he didn't, you know, nobody knew Well, I'm, we didn't know that, you know, she was going to revoke his bond, but due to the nature of the charges is what we were told. Uh, it was mandatory. Yeah. Rove Blake just donated a hundred dollars to Tate, Thank which, you. which is awesome. Um, Thanks. It's going to be a monumental task to get this overturned on appeal or whatnot. And it's going to take a lot of money to do it. And that that's why the gifts and go is so important. You get the good, get good attorneys and attorneys that, that know what they're doing and can get this overturned. It's, it's not, it's not going to be cheap. It's not going to be easy. It can be done though. It 100% can be done. Yeah, we definitely appreciate everything everybody's doing, all the donations and all the support we've received. We definitely appreciate all of that. Um, every dime Tate had and, and then some was spent on his two trial lawyers. Um, and you see where that got us. So every, everything counts and we definitely appreciate appreciate everything. Yeah. That, that's just... I. You know, we were talking... I was talking with Adam beforehand and, and I'm just like... I. I could go on for a couple hours about what a miscarriage of justice this is. You're, you're talking about somebody. 
I can't, I try to get in the head of, you know, the prosecutor or the ATF. If you interviewed his, uh, oh, the U S attorney, know, military, yeah. U S attorney. If you talked, you know, checked into his military career, looked at the guy, never had a parking ticket, a speeding ticket. Uh, you know, here's a guy that did everything right his whole entire life. And, and like, would never consider that he would ever be in trouble and wouldn't do anything that would get himself into trouble. And they're railroading. This, this is, this is not a guy that's done bad things, wrong things. Yeah. I mean, his character is without question. Um, Unbelievable. How, how is he holding up in there though? Um, so he has his good days and his bad days. Um, right now it's pretty bad inside the, uh, Western Tidewater itself. They barely, you know, feed them enough for, uh, a small size, you know, grown adult. I think they get for breakfast, you know, they, they give you like a little two by two square of coffee cake and, uh, an apple or something. And then lunch, you get us, you know, a slab of bologna and that, you know, that's it. Um, so, you know, there's nothing for them to do. Tate's very, uh, a very, you know, go, go, go type of person. So they don't have like, you know, ways to occupy their mind. They, they literally just sit, there's 27 of them in what they call a pod. Um, so they have 27 of them just sit there all day and stare at each other or stare at the wall. Um, so that, that's starting to get to him, you know, the, any type of uh, little movement we make on, you know, spreading awareness for the situation um, that, that picks his spirits up. Um, so right now uh, that's really the most I'm trying to do is, you know, do something to help him, you know, keep his mind right or keep his mind occupied and looking forward. But he's scared. Honestly, he's 100% scared to death like the rest of us, you know, he could spend the rest the most part of the rest of his life in jail. He's 28 years old. If he gets 25 years, you know, his life's over. Right. Right. You know, he can't have kids. He's not going to have a wife and a family, um, unfortunately. And it's, it's, it makes it hard because he doesn't deserve it. He's, he's, you know, never done anything, you know, below, you know, being a subpar person. And it, it's just crazy. It's just, yeah. But yeah. Sorry, right. I get a little to, no, don't that, don't don't okay. worry about it. Don't worry about it. I just wanted to have every, let everyone know exactly what what he what he is facing. I just want him to know that there are people that care about him and know about him from the outside, and he has great people like you that are doing a lot to raise awareness. In fact, you've been doing gun shows um, at Eagle shows, which is. For a friend of the show owns Jordan Vinro. Yes. So that was our first show. Uh, myself, his father uh, and his brother and one of our friends, we went up to the show and we had a booth set up and um, we published your videos that you sent and a couple of other guys had made for us. And we, we handed out over a thousand business cards uh, with his information on it and a link to his gives and go as well. Um, we got a lot of support from there, so it was a it was a good show. Okay, good. Yeah, it is. Uh, Jordan is a very very good guy. Um, he actually stopped. I was actually talking to somebody else, uh, John Prince. Um, he's running for district uh, court or something. He, he's big to, in the two A. He's friends with him as well. I was over at his booth talking when he stopped by our booth, so I didn't get the chance to actually talk to him. Uh, but he definitely stopped by our booth and took one of our cards. All right, I can get you in contact with him. Um, but you basically it's the it's the Prince Law Firm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I can get you in touch with them if you want. Uh, okay. Um, if that's up to you, but let me just <laughs> just let me know. Yeah, so at this point, I'm looking for any door that anybody can help me open, any type of awareness that we can, you know, spread out there, not only for Tate, but we actually, I'm in the process of starting a nonprofit for it as well. Yep. Um, so that's going to be coming. 
Um, I wanted to talk about that. Say again? I wanted to talk about that. That's where I was going next. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I started a nonprofit, the National Firearm Coalition. Um, we're still in the, uh, all of our paperwork is with the state of Virginia at this point in time. We do have a website, nfc2a.org. Uh, right now, it, kinda, it just takes you to the uh, gives and go page. Well, we have it, it, it's, it's, it's broke. Is it broken still? Yeah, it just went through today, so it's, it could take up to forty-eight hours. Well, no, it's it's pointing the it's it's redirecting to the Gibson Go, but it's going to, uh, like a page not found on Gibson yeah, Go. Getting a four hundred four error. Okay. Yeah. So, so one of our friends is actually handling the uh, the website, so I will have to talk with him and see if we can get that fixed. Um, but our goal is to you know help not only Tate but help situations like Tate and kind of make. So one of the big things that I've run into the struggle here with is getting all this information in one location. So Tate actively has uh, cases that he sends me. So he's roughly found like 50 some odd cases that kind of pertain to his same situation. So what I wanna do is like push that information to the website and kind of be like a one-stop shop of, you know, stuff like this where people can look up these case laws and read through them and see what pertains to them and what doesn't pertain to them. And ultimately, if it does become something to help people that are in Tate's situation, um, because it, it's hard, you know, the big government has an unlimited pot of money and all they do is they take their thumb and they'll press on you and press on you until, you know, you have nothing left. And that's exactly what they did to Tate. And I feel like there should be something or somebody out there that will help those type of people. Yeah. Uh, what is your relationship to Tate? Uh, Tate's my best friend. So I served with him on the uh, John F. Kennedy. So you're both sailors? Yes. Uh, I, I think it's really admirable for you to stand by your friend like this. Because it can be very easy just, it's going to be very easy just to move on and not to worry about it. But yeah, and I, and I think you deserve a lot of credit for standing by him. Thank you. Um, everything I read about this guy. He seems like a, like a great guy from talking to you because we've been talking for several months now. Yeah. I uh, it it seems like from everything that you've told me about him, he seems like a great guy. Um, he is, and that's one of the reasons I'm standing by him and trying to advocate as best I can for him. Yeah. Uh, he just has to hold up his spirits because I know it can get hard and in, in, in there. Um, we have another friend that's going through something similar um, who is actually in the chat, uh, Matt Hoover, CRS Firearms, who the ATF is prosecuting because he advertised a product that was legal and then the ATF deemed it to be illegal. And even though he didn't advertise it anymore, they busted him because he advertised it in the past. So basically they charged him retroactively with conspiracy, which is... Well, he really did do the evil thing of starting a GoFundMe oh, to yeah. help Justin out. Yeah, and so, he started a GoFundMe to help the guy out. So, and, and Matt evaded justice by getting married. Yeah, and they I'll said... tell you that's no evasion of justice. Yeah, they tried to say that uh, he got married to prevent his wife from testifying against him, even though there were no charges against him at the time. Wow. But yeah, uh, basically he started to go fund me. So they tried to say that it it was part of the conspiracy because he started to go fund me to help the owner of the company out so they could re-engage in the business of selling illegal machine guns, which wasn't a legal machine. It was what was being sold was a picture of a lightning link. Uh, on a metal car. On a metal car. It was like a little like bottle opener. Like Oh, that have designs for a lightning a link on it. Gift. And the proportions were not even correct. And it, without the correct proportions. You know what it looks like? It's it's just really ridiculous. So um I'm 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 fed up with malicious prosecution of people that are not a danger. Well there yeah, there's there's no penalty on the ATF for any of this. And and just like, you know, I, I was talking to Adam earlier that 
with, with FRTs or auto key cards, tell me about all of the mass murders that have been committed with these things. Oh, wait, there's none? Hmm. Yeah, here it seems like with Tate, the ATF, the ATF kind of constructed the crime. If, if it wasn't yeah. for their CI, their undercover agents, and everything, there would be no, there would be, I don't think it's a crime, but let's say it is a crime, which I vehemently disagree with before anyone else jumps on me out there. I don't think it's a crime, but let's just say it was. Would there still be a crime if it wasn't for the CI and it wasn't for the undercover agent? Who led him into doing right. it. Who, who led right. them into doing it. It's, it. I hate to say it, it's kind of like the Randy Reaver thing where the ATF pressured him, pressured him for months and months to cut down a shotgun. If they would, it seems like entrapment to me. It's the definition. The, in, in the thing that, again, that just boggles my mind, an FFL sold a demilled receiver to Tate. Tate turned around and sold it to somebody else. So if the FFL is selling this item without a 4473, it, it, I, I mean, should they be going? The bigger crime in my mind would be that the FFL sold a machine gun with zero paperwork, and he should know better. And if that's the case, it's like, wait, you mean I, there's an FFL out there selling machine guns illegally? I, yeah, let's bust the middleman. That doesn't make any sense. Right. I, I, I right. think there was something with that with the seller. Um, I have nothing to base that on, let me be clear. <laughs> But I think it was something with the seller because it just doesn't make any sense that the ATF didn't go after that. Uh, I, I've been tracking down several cases where there's just weird things that doesn't make any sense going on with several did different you, cases. I mean, what did the ATF do? Did the ATF pay the FFL to sort in half? Was it? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. How how did how did Tate find these guys on uh, Gunbroker? Was he told to buy it, get it from this guy, or did he find it himself? Or so the uh, the CI that the CI was actually selling stuff on Gunbroker himself. So that's how Tate knew him through Gunbroker. And then the CI is the one said, "Hey, I have this guy who I met at Knob Creek Gun Show, and he's into making movie props, and he's looking for this and that." And that's how Tate got that person's uh, contact information. And he told Tate that he was, you know, looking like I already stated, he was looking into making movie props and wanted to this and that, and it happened to be an undercover ATF agent. And he happened to ask, can you go on Gunburger and find this exact thing that just happened to be on Gunburger? Yes. And the fact is, he's not saying, hey, I want to restore these machine guns. He said, I want to make movie props. Yes. So he wasn't going to even, he even stated that he wasn't making it for, to actually make a machine gun. It was for movie props is what he was told. So it's not like, hey man, can you find me something that's easily reconstructable? Because I want a, I want a machine gun. ATF has entered the chat. <laughs> you guys, cracked me up. Yeah, the ATF does watch my show. Yeah, they're probably sitting outside my house right now. <laughs> and the ATF won't take John's calls. Yeah, they don't. They they don't talk about calls, but we'll talk about that another time. But yeah, yeah. Um, Johnny Barr brings up uh, where they entrapped an autistic kid to buy a bomb. Um, no, I think that was the. I don't know. Was that the FBI? I think that was the FBI. But you know, basically, they're the same. So as the joke. The perverted joke goes, uh, the ATF or the FBI can't solve a crime they didn't create themselves. 
Yeah. And you know what? No one, Mr. ATF agents, if you're out there, why haven't you charged any of, of your fellow agents for arming the cartels that got a Border Patrol agent killed? I mean, I'm just asking a simple question. You know, the ATF selling guns to the cartels killed more Americans than, than anything they did because there was no crime. It, it's a it's a crime that they made up to just charge him with. And I don't know how these people sleep at night, man. I don't either. I think about that every day. Yeah, because they're probably all high-fiving and everything, and it's just... It's... The ATF has had a history of failures. Going back to Waco. Waco, they said it was for the kids. They were investigating kids. That They never said that until after it happened when they said that the Branch Davidians had machine guns and they didn't. They had everything they owned was legal, so they made up a new new thing after after the whole whole siege, and uh, they were they were investigating child abuse accusations. When does the ATF investigate child abuse accusations? In fact, that was never mentioned until after the Waco siege was over. You know, it's. It's it's just well, I, I, just at reason. the time I think before David Letterman went really loony crazy, he said just put a fence around Waco and call it a jail. I was like, brilliant. <clears throat> you don't like what they're doing? You don't want them out being a danger to people? Put a fence around. Yeah, yeah. And then they said, "Yep, Blake Russ brought up a good point." They said a fifty cal shot down a chopper from a helicopter, which. Turned out was a lie. Yeah, there's a guy called Windagoon um, who did a really good video on Wico. He's not a gun. Well, he, he is a gun guy, but he, his, his YouTube channel is not about guns. He has several million subscribers. He does like, mostly does like Native American lore and, you know, <laughs> missing 411 stuff. But he did something on Waco, which was like really, really good. You guys should check it out. Um, it, it's just really ridiculous. So other than the Gibson Go, um, which everyone should give to, can you let Tate know that you had hundreds of people out there today that all feel for him and they all support him? I most definitely will. And we'll get this out to other YouTubers. And I, I want to ask all you guys out there to take this gifts and go. Contact every big YouTuber that you know and ask them why they are not talking about this. Because I think that this is very, very important. And if we can do just a little bit to help Tate out, that would be that would be awesome. And also, it's not only helping Tate out, it's helping all of us out by saying that we're not going to let you use malicious prosecution to prosecute someone for a crime that's not really a crime, and you committed this. You know, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. What I want to ask them is if I bring a bucket of water um, and I give it to a physicist, am I now transferring a hydrogen bomb? Because that's the same thing as with the, as with the RPG, you know? It's, it's ridiculous. I, I mean, the RPG crime in the U.S. has been crazy. We really, really need to get strict on that. Yeah, I, I don't even know. I don't. AA Outdoors, did that just happen? Did ATF just visit you over an FRT purchase on Gunbroker? If so, can you please contact me immediately? 
All right, guys. Um, oh. That, is, if you own a collar, you manufacture any anthrax. Exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. I think that's going to be it for today. Um, I am going to share oh, Tate's oh, link yeah, one more time. I got me the Coexist shirt yesterday, so it's a bunch of firearms. Yeah, I'm going to share it one more time on... Uh, I, let me just go ahead and send send it to all like all our destinations. I only sent it to my channel, so I'm gonna send it to all destinations right now. If you can help Tate out, go ahead and help Tate out. Um, as always, you you know where to find me: John Crump News, John Crump Live, MLN.com, Crumpy.com. It's wherever GOA Gun Owners of America, whatever. Uh, you can follow Rich at Flying Rich, Flying Rich Firearms on YouTube. As well as Flying Rich on YouTube, Flying Rich underscore official on Instagram, Flying Rich everywhere else. And Adam, Adam, go ahead. I've been linking the Gibson Go over and over again, but uh, I'm going to give you the last words. You can plug whatever you want, say whatever you want. It's all up to you. Thanks, man. Uh, I just want to, on behalf of myself, Tate, and the rest of his family, everybody that supported us, yourself, all the other YouTubers, uh, all the people who've donated, all the people that are supporting us in comments and everything, we, we greatly appreciate it. And uh, it really does matter. Um, and it, it definitely lifts Tate's spirits. So from the bottom of my heart, we appreciate it. Thank you.